Welcome to I Hate It Here, the podcast for HR and people professionals, making the hardest job in the world just a little bit easier. I'm Hibi Youssef. We are the front line with any organization that we work with. So coming in and expecting, hey, this is just another month. It's a new quarter. It's another month back in the job. Bringing the level of expectation down, I think, number one, is essential. What is your leadership? Are they pouring into you too? Because if we're supposed to be this, you know, pillar of self-sufficiency and everybody else gets to glean from and, and learn and get fulfillment from others, but we're supposed to be these like untouchable pillars that are just like a self-watering plant, like that doesn't exist. Understanding your direct reports, avoiding team burnout. Those sound like worthy causes, right? PI Inspire promotes leadership at every level. Stop losing good people to avoidable issues like poor communication and a one-size-fits-all management approach and inspire them instead. Learn more at predictiveindex.com. Are you celebrating employee milestones like birthdays, anniversaries, or onboarding? What about customer milestones? Or even Employee Appreciation Day on March 1st? Don't let the chance to celebrate and spark joy slip away from you. You should check out Snappy, a gifting platform that takes all the guesswork out of gifting. Want to send a gift collection and let them choose their favorite? Snappy's got you covered. Need to send swag that people actually want? They've got it. Know what you want to gift? Great, because they can do that too. Deliver delight with Snappy every time for every occasion. Go to www.snappy.com slash here to sign up for free and start gifting today. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the I Hate It Here podcast. We're back today after the holiday break, and hopefully you feel refreshed. But if you're not, we're going to dive into that today, a little bit around how you actually find inspiration at work in HR, and if it's even possible. Joining me today is Laura. Laura, introduce yourself to everyone. Hi, I'm Laura garcia Caro. I am the Global HR Director for Our World Energy. We bonded over LinkedIn, and then I just feel like we started chatting and instantly hit it off because we're really dealing with some shit at work. Some shit. <laughs> and I, I feel like everyone comes back from the new year and they're like, oh my God, new year, new me. I have all these goals to make work amazing. And I come back into the new year and I think to myself, another year of this shit. Yes. And that's like probably not a great outlook. For everyone listening, I know that's not a great outlook. Categorically, I just like, yeah. <sighs> wow, we're here. But okay, I don't want everyone listening to think we're just like too angry. I mean, I am an angry woman, but like, I don't want everyone else thinking like this job is the worst because it can be sometimes, but this job can also yeah. be really exciting and really impactful and really fulfilling. So I want to dive in today to talk more about how do you actually find inspiration working in HR? And I think to set the stage, we have seen reports that like 98% of HR people report being burnt out. HR has one of the highest job function changes on LinkedIn, meaning like we're the people who are changing our jobs the most. And there's something to be said about how exhausting this job is. So Laura, for people listening today who are feel like they're in the exact same state, they came back from a holiday, maybe more burnt out after all the time with their family. <laughs> Sorry. How do you think they actually get back into the new year and find inspiration doing this work again? To preface, I think setting the expectation that we're not going to come in, you know, all 
rose-colored glasses fully refreshed as if we just had a lobotomy. Like that is very um, unsustainable and unfair to expect that level of engagement within ourselves. We are the front line with any organization that we work with. So coming in and expecting, hey, this is just another month. It's a new quarter. It's another month back in the job. Bringing the level of expectation down, I think, number one, is essential. Number two, I think a lot of that has to do with what is your leadership? Are they pouring into you too? Because if we're supposed to be this, you know, pillar of self-sufficiency and everybody else gets to glean from and, and learn and get fulfillment from others, but we're supposed to be these like untouchable pillars that are just like a self-watering plant, like that doesn't exist. So also taking into account that if you don't have inspiring leadership, it's going to be difficult for you to feel that inspiration because you have to go source that elsewhere. So also add that to the formula of equal inspiration. I love that self-watering plan analogy. Yeah, because there isn't one, <laughs> right? <laughs> don't be with I'm not a botanist. I'm not a botanist. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, but like, you know, I don't know, a cactus. I don't know. We're, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what people expect us to be a cactus and we're not cacti. Yeah. I mean, you brought up like a really good point. It's not fair that everybody else gets to soak up energy from us and we don't get to soak up energy from them. Yeah. I think about that quite a bit. There are a lot of people that are working with uninspiring leaders. The average is like, I say this all the time, like no one is born a good leader, just like no one is born a good manager. Right. And then you also have this duty to be inspirational to others around you. And like, maybe you're actually not inspirational. So what advice do yes. you have for like an HR leader who is in an organization and they look around and their leaders are less than inspirational? What would you do? Well, number one, find a community. Community such as I'll plug it for you, a community such as safe space and and not just safe space, you know, find your people you need, you need to be poured into in some way, shape or form. And maybe that's even outside of the confines of the, the discipline and practice of HR, but it can't just be this one way transactional from X to Y where we're the ones supplying, but we're not receiving, you know, we need to be getting it from somewhere. So find a community, find your people. There needs to be a way that we nourish ourselves and pour into ourselves, get mentorship, sign up for a class. I don't know. People do yoga. Not me, but I've heard that's great. There needs to be a means of feeding yourself that then you can take that energy, transform it in whatever way you can within yourself and figure out a way to, to bring that to your team. Because your team, and if you're not a team of one, team of one is a whole other bucket of chump find myself saying that a lot these days but if you have a team they need of you and a lot of times those of us that are the head of HR we're either advisors for our leadership or we're teaching them we mentor them we coach them on how to be leaders especially first-time CEOs or young CEOs startup founders they don't know how to do this they lean on us so the entire organization is pulling from us, there needs to be a source outside of the org that you're pulling from. Oh, I love that so much. Plug for safe space in my community. Thank you for doing that for me. But more, more importantly, it's 
I, I love that you brought up the take care of yourself. Like some people do yoga, not you. Totally get that. <laughs> yoga is way too, yoga is beautiful, but like every time I do a yoga class, I feel um, like I just I can't. It doesn't work for my attention span. I'm really trying. I'm really trying to like one yoga class a month just to like work on my own flexibility, but it doesn't work for me. Okay. But I mean, you brought up a good point of like outside. Everyone thinks. I think a lot of people have the misunderstanding that like I'm going to find everything I need in. I have to get everything I need out of my job in my company. And I think you brought up an excellent point of like, no, you actually don't. And there are much more inspirational people in the world that you can go pull from externally. Yeah. So I love that. I love to take care of yourself or find something that just excites you. Um, my exciting goal for this past year for 2023 was to read more. I wanted to read one book a year, yeah. uh, one book a week. And I got to Oof. 60, 69. I just crossed 70. Oh, my gosh. Uh, my HR manager on my team, Amanda, is also doing plug for Amanda. Um, <laughs> she also had that goal. And I like I have so much admiration for you guys that have that can have that dedication to to read to that level. That's incredible. And I, I bet that the content of these books, even though, you know, it, even if they're fiction, it's yeah. still life happening within the context of these books, you know, and you can glean something from the way that a character can handle a situation in that book. It doesn't have to be real. It just has to be something. That you can. Okay. So like fiction readers apparently are more creative problem solvers. I'm a heavy fiction reader. So that's like a fun fact. Uh, but I also think every time I read a book and I encounter a new character, I understand like I can't turn off the HR part of my mind. So this is like hella corny for anyone listening. But like I'll read these characters and I'll be like, oh, my God, how would they behave at work? Or I'll be like, I oh know what they're going to do. I, I know what I would so say to them. See that. <laughs> it is sick. I got to stop. I really got to stop myself. But I can't. I can't. Because I'm reading these like rom-coms and I'm like, oh, my God, like what? what is this person like at work? It's very silly. And I understand it's really dorky of me. So you can make fun of me if you want. But there's just something to be said about like fiction kind of you can turn your mind off a lot of times. And and it also helps you meet new characters and new experiences. And so I've talked a lot about my career in HR and said I started off reading books because I was fascinated by people. And I ended up in HR where all I do is try to figure out people all day long. Yeah. So I feel like the segue worked really well. But yeah. also I read another stat. I'm just full of stats today. I read another stat that like reading a lot of self-help books can actually make you unhappy. I can vouch for that. <laughs> I I don't want to like hate on self-help books. But like if you are it, needing something to be inspired by, I would just say like do something that makes you feel good doesn't matter what it is. Just do something that makes you feel happy and fulfilled. Listening to music, journaling, reading, exercising, like spending time with family, doing a puzzle, whatever it is, if you are looking for inspiration in your life, start by doing something that feels good to you every day or like once a week. I really agree with you on that. I tend to err on the side of a self-help book and it does put you in this mindset of being hypercritical with yourself. And yes, absolutely continuous improvement, the pursuit of better atomic habits, we're here for it. But you can't constantly, constantly rake yourself over the coals and then expect yourself to be a ray of sunshine. Like there's just no way. There needs to be a moment where you 
find contentment with where you are and what you've achieved. Because if you're constantly bringing yourself down, feeling not confident, because when you look comparatively at who should I be as per this book and who am I in real life? Oh, look at the delta here. Then what are you going to bring to your job? Oh, maybe I need to navigate the situation here. Let me go reference this book. It's not real life. I think you make a really good point. Obviously, we should always strive to improve ourselves, specifically if we're in leadership. There has to be a balance where you can just be a human being that feels and fucks up and takes a break every now and then. And going into the yeah. new year with, without having that expectation of, I'm going to completely murder every bad thing that I do, that's unrealistic and unsustainable. It just feels like it sets you up for failure. And I also feel like we are... If we are critical of ourselves in HR, we also are dealing with the pressure of every employee out there is also critical of us. And that gets like really overwhelming and overbearing very quickly. Yeah. To like, how am I going to show up and be like this creative, thoughtful leader when I'm already critical and all of these employees are going to criticize every single thing I do? How have you dealt with that? Because I feel like employees have opinions on everything. I could be like, here's a new tea in the uh, here's a new tea in the office kitchen. And they'd be like, well, why'd you pick Earl Grey and not chamomile? And I'd be like, I can't. I'm a human with being. This. Yeah. 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 There, there is absolutely a connotation assumed with everything that we do simply because of this track record or this assumption oh, HR is, you know, they're not here for you. They're here for the company. There's there's this underlying current, which is not that out of sight. It's, it's a very obvious undercurrent that runs under everything that we do. We have to overcome that on a daily basis with every aspect of our execution at work. No other function impacts so many people and also is hated by so many people simultaneously. And I agree with you, you know, anything that we do, they're trying to find this like hidden meaning. Oh, why was it Earl Grey? Why was it not chamomile? Was it chamomile? Because they don't want us to relax. They want us to be more caffeinated and more productive because they want us to execute. Look at how they're they're just working us to the bone here. There's there's always this assumed hidden agenda with everything that we do. We can't relax. I think to your point earlier, we need to allow ourselves to relax because if we just take on the the burden of what everybody else is assuming is our hidden agenda and then on top of that we're pounding ourselves into the ground how are we supposed to be amazing at our job if we're letting that happen i know it feels like that um, the hidden agenda thing is very interesting because i always tell people like everything i do in hr is like under a magnifying lens if i react a certain way in a meeting if like people are your employees more often than not are looking at your hr team yes. and watching their reactions looking at their calendar uncovering things about how they behave because they want to know what's actually going on and i do feel like that puts our, a lot of our work and our personality under a magnifying glass i've been told so many times in my career like your voice should be more positive and I'm like, this is my voice. This is literally, I've sounded like this my entire life. Like, what, what do you want from me? Like, that doesn't mean I'm not a positive person because I have like this voice. I'm very deadpan. But I think it's just, it brings up a lot about HR. And as we're going into like, we're going into the new year and folks are coming back with like eyes wide open. What advice do you have for HR people who are 
trying to think about how they can make their workplaces better? Well, starting with setting some goals for yourself, work-related and not work-related. Like, love it. Let's just get on the bandwagon of the goal setting. I think the fact that everybody is thinking about it, even if not a lot of people execute on it, you know, that whole, you know, the fallout of resolutions. Mm -hmm. But let's jump on that bandwagon. That external accountability will help. And I think thinking about the fact that this is a, it's, a marathon, not a sprint. You're not going to solve a year long's worth of issues in January. Give yourself the runway to actually be able to execute strategically and not fly by the seat of your pants. And know that you're going to have to pivot. Know that you're going to have to adapt, that there's going to be things that are going to come out of left field that you didn't foresee. And you more than likely have the ability and the resources to adjust to deal with that situation. Trust and believe that within yourself because you wouldn't have gotten to the role that you're in right now if you didn't have that capability. Wow, this feels like therapy for me, honestly. I'm gonna have to like, re- I'm gonna have to re-listen to this episode at the beginning of the year again <laughs> and be like, oh my gosh, she's right. Because I, I, we come into January so optimistic. I love it. There's like, there's this energy in January where mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God, I can do anything. And then we set these like five goals and then we're like, oh shit, I can't actually do all five of these. In fact, I can probably maybe do one of these. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. And by January or like by the end of January, beginning of February, I guarantee you that goal will have shifted somehow. And so I love that you brought up that, you know, continue to be agile and flexible because I think we're going to come into the new year. This always happens. Everyone like predicts their trends for 2024 and then we come into the new year. And like two weeks in, we're all like, oh, no, that's actually not what's happening this year. Because think about how much of our work is influenced by external factors, by decisions mm-hmm. that our CEO may, oh, no, I read this white paper on blah, blah, blah. So now we want to move in this direction. Well, shit, that completely fucked with my first two quarters of roadmap. <laughs> Let me go back and put in another 16 hours into this Google Doc so that it aligned with your like light bulb moment that you had talking with Joe Schmo. And we have to adjust to that because that's literally our job. We also need to give ourselves credit for how well we do that while still serving a population of people that are constantly asking and needing of us, sometimes in their most dire moments, but still moving forward and building in the process of that. Like It's the worst job and also like we kick ass. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, we do. So we're shoving also we fucking slay. Um, you just made me laugh because I, I think I have like PTSD from like CEOs that read books that are like, I read this book and we should do this thing. And I literally want to be like, I have done this job for almost a decade. I don't need you to read a book to tell me how to do it. I guarantee you whatever you've read, I've already tried to figure out how to do it or I've already implemented at some point and I don't want to do it again. That doesn't mean I'm not open to new ideas. But I do think there's like this give and take, this push and pull in HR where our employees look at us and think like they can achieve anything or like they're allowed to fire whoever they want. And then in the background, like we as HR, like actually, no, we have a lot of power to influence and change. But there are some decisions that like ultimately aren't ours. And I think I'm coming to terms with that. We're the whipping boys. Yes. And we have to put on the pretty pretty face the 
say all the politically correct things were in support. We, the organization, be the voice, stick out the neck. And in the inside, we're ripping our faces off. It's tough because there are some times where employees will be like, did you agree with that? And I want to be like, no, I did not agree with that, but I had to do it because I had to do it. It's not my choice. It's not my company at the end of the day. But right. then the hard part is I'm finding more and more CEOs that are willing to take accountability for the bad choices they've made. And yes. that gives me some sort of reassurance that like maybe the tide for how people feel about HR will also change a little bit where people will see like, okay, our HR person is trying their hardest to make this environment amazing, but they have extenuating circumstances that don't allow them to do said thing. Yeah. I just think 2024 is going to be very interesting. Everyone's saying like retention is going to be. Have you heard the murmurs of retention or people like, oh my God, we can't, we're going to have to figure out how to retain everybody. I mean, they're always looking for the next buzzword, right? Because if we don't have some uh, upcoming catastrophe, then <laughs> we're not busy enough or, you know, we're bored. Give me boring. Like, yeah, retention I'll is always it. a problem. Recruitment is always a problem. Benefits are always a problem. Quiet quitting, quiet staying, loud quitting, loud. It's always all of it is always a problem. Yeah. This whole like trendy HR. Bullshit. People are not trends. Human behavior is not trendy. And that is inevitably what we deal in day in and day out. So when they're like, oh, this trend of the lazy girl job, you mean people that just want to do their job, punch in and punch out and go have a light outside of work? There always has to be a buzz going on. Meanwhile, we're like, okay, so-and-so, you know, they fell off of a roof. Like, that's what my day looks like. What's the trend there? What's the buzzword there? Those are the realities I deal in, not of this Business Insider article. The world of work has changed for good, but many HR performance management tools just don't cut it. Enabling performance in the modern world of work requires a modern approach, one that's agile and asynchronous, but still fosters connection and collaboration. Have you heard about PI Inspire? It was designed specifically for today's performance management challenges. It helps you gain a deep understanding about yourself and your team and share personalized insights to help you learn how to manage and develop each direct report. Meet people where they are and start developing new leaders at every level. Learn more about PI Inspire at www.predictiveindex.com. Celebrating every occasion from work anniversaries to birthdays and holidays shouldn't be stressful for HR teams. You need a platform that makes gifting easy and enables you to send gifts to your employees, customers, and everyone in between. You need Snappy. Have a gift in mind? They've got it. Love the idea of a gift collection for your recipients to choose their favorite item? Look no further. Want swag your employees will actually love? Snappy can make that a reality. Snappy creates a gifting experience that's just as unique as your recipients, and they can make it happen in a snap. Don't wait until March 1st to remember it's Employee Appreciation Day. Sign up for free and start gifting today at www.snappy.com slash I hate it here. The trends drive me absolutely straight up bonkers because I'm like, you are describing something that we have been dealing with forever. And then then you start to like, I don't know, make people feel bad for things that we also probably agree with. So then we as HR yes. people are like, we're totally fine with the lazy girl job. Like, I'm absolutely fine if you just showing up to work, doing your job and clocking out when you need to and going and living your life. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, can I clone you? <laughs> Yeah. 
Can I also, can I learn the, that? Because I would like to also do that. I would also like to not do things. Where can I sign but, up for that course? Yeah, where can I sign up for that course? I need to learn. I mean, like Gen Z is really, I just saw this article that they were like criticizing Gen Z for like wanting work-life balance and spending more time in professional God. development and then saving money and how they're like the worst generation. And I'm like, honestly, they're the best generation. They have taught me that like, how toxic hustle culture is, yes. how much I yes. need balance in my life, their sense of fulfillment and moral high ground. Like I'm here for Gen Z teaching us all those things. And I'm really tired of those like buzzy business fortune, whatever articles that are like, Gen Z's the worst. They're the laziest or quiet quitting is taking us by storm. And behind like every media article is an HR person going, so the fuck what? We yeah. already knew all of this. We're already dealing with this. Like Stop demonizing people for wanting to have work-life balance when that is also what we want for our employees too. And what we don't want is to then have to discuss these trends with you know who. There is your uncle that is, you know, <laughs> maybe had too many, you know, drinks at the Thanksgiving table. Oh, you know, since you do HR, what do you think about XYZ thing? And like, this is a non-issue. Like, why are we talking about this nonsense? There's yeah. so many uh, other more important topics to be addressing or giving media attention. But Yeah. I have open enrollment going on. I have like DEI people. I have DEI initiatives that I want to work on. I have to read an article every week about someone getting fired in DEI and budgets being cut, slashed back. And now we can't build inclusive work cultures. And I'm, I'm dealing with like too much to honestly, every time like quiet quitting, all that yes. stuff comes out. I'm just like, I don't have to yes. for this. Yes. So 2024 goal, don't read any of these crappy articles. <laughs> there you go. 2024 goal, want to stay inspired in this job. Don't listen to the media as they talk about yes. HR because a lot of times they don't actually know what the hell's going on with HR. Just I mean, fiction. it's very true. Just just read fiction. You'll just get a bunch of creativity there. I mean, okay, listen. There's There's nothing, though, that I love more than when this work is inspiring, I swear I, like, end the day feeling so fulfilled that it's a feeling that I wish I could replicate and bottle and like spray on myself in times of need. Because like when you think so thoughtfully about something and you build it and you're like full with all this creative energy, then you launch it and it goes really well and your employees are like, thank you for doing this thing. I don't think any feeling compares to that. Outside of like I think parents having children where kids take like their first step or say their first word. I imagine like that is like a similar Legit. fulfillment feeling. Yes. How do you think we foster more of those moments? Or is the special part of it the fact that they don't happen that often? I think that that's a big part of it. The fact that these moments are so rare, feel far between, they're, we're, we treasure them so much. Like, as you were, you were saying that, I'm here thinking about like the three <laughs> that I've had over the course of 2023 and not just of one specific kind. I feel like three total. But again, like it's almost like a core memory, right? Like we in HR thrive with so little. Mm. I don't know how we do it, honestly. We live off of seals. But the thing that has facilitated me having that at work has been going out of my way to foster relationships with middle managers. Those are the people that are stuck. Those are the people that are that know what's going on, boots on the ground, that are that pulse check for me so that I'm not getting my information or my point of view, quite frankly, from my peer group. I need to know what's going on in reality. 
and knowing that these managers and specifically my population, I'm what I my group is what I like to call construction adjacent. These are very real people. We're not talking, you know, tech bros, no offense, but these are very real people. And the fact that they can call me and feel like I'm a resource to them and that I'm this new version, quote unquote, new version of HR that they've never experienced before. And there's that trust. I treasure and value that and appreciate that so much because it has been hard fought. And I know that when they call me, drop everything, pick up the phone because they're calling me for a legit reason. Not to complain about any, anything stupid. Like they literally need me for something, maybe even life or death. And I have yeah. one of the core memories that I thought of was an instance of, of an employee that was having a very real situation. His daughter was dying. And just thinking about how we pulled through for that man and his family, I'll never forget that. Like I think I rode that act of service for like three or four months. Like this is why I'm here to be able to help make somebody's life a little bit easier during a situation like that. Everything else is bullshit. Yeah. I think everyone else thinks HR is there to make your life harder, but you're right in those moments where you can like help someone. I think we're all service oriented. I think that's why we, yeah. I see such a high level of burnout in HR because we all want to give to everybody else before we give to ourselves. And that is like at its core, the most beautiful thing of being selfless. And also simultaneously, it does also create a lot of problems in every organization. Yes. Because we become these like selfless creatures that don't ask for budget. We don't advocate for what we need. We don't take care of ourselves. And then we also potentially foster some bad behaviors where like managers will always come to us to solve every problem. I talked about this with Rodney Evans earlier on season two. But at the same time, at the same time, I'm just saying like it still makes my heart really full to know that I could have impacted someone's life in a very positive way. Similar to like that's a high the low for me is when you have to like terminate people. I truly oh, find that to sure. be the worst part of this job. A lot the of times worst. I, it's not my choice. A lot of times I have to do it or it's gotten to the point where like we can't sustain without doing right. it. And so I think right. there are a lot of HR teams that are trying to find inspiration after 2023, which included an unprecedented amount of layoffs. Yes. Yes. So- we are just a complex, complicated set of human beings trying to make life better. We are. And maybe we need to document those highs. A brag sheet. Or I love that. Not even like a brag sheet about ourselves. Like what are those moments where we can kind of rewind and, and fall back into how it felt to do the thing that we did in that moment where we felt like, yes, this is the yeah. reason why I've been subjecting myself to this for plus years we need to give ourselves that like time machine moment where we can fall back into feeling like we're fulfilling our our purpose I feel so like ugh, to say that yeah. but that that thread of like you said like we all have that thread of of service and wanting to to be of service if we have these moments hopefully they're in your current organization if not pink flag at least, if not red flag, time to move on. But if you had those moments in your current organization, document them for the sake of your own sanity. And maybe even just the number of the ones that you've had is indicative of, hey, I actually don't have 100% bad days. 
I've actually had some really good days and look, that's quite a few. I think that would be objectively helpful so that we don't have to constantly go through the mental labor of finding that in a moment where we're low. Yeah. So we talked about like going outside of work and finding inspiration outside of work. We talked about documenting your wins at work to remind you why you're doing the work that you're doing. And and I've been there in like really hard days where I'm like, I'm not inspired by this work. I don't have like a wins sheet. I think I'm going to actually do that after this episode. I but I remind in moments like this, though, and in really low ones, I stop and I remind myself, like, why do I do this job? And that why actually brings – why do oh my god wow what a personal question I might cry during this answer I do this job because like if I can make one person's experience at work better I think I have succeeded because I have had some really bad toxic experiences at work where I have felt like misunderstood treated terribly potentially maybe associated with my identity I have felt a lot of that and I felt like I haven't belonged anywhere and so if mm. I can build an environment, I remind myself in moments when it's really hard and moments where I've had to terminate people, moments where I've had to say goodbye and moments where I've had to say, we can't give you that raise, even though I really want to. I remind myself, like, if I could just keep trying, I could potentially change something for the better. My voice is like too loud to not be heard. And that's like what keeps me going most days. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, I love that. And but damn, I, this job was hard. Oh. <laughs> yeah, probably gonna cry at the end of today. I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, Tears. I said that at some other point today. Um, like, okay, where is my Costco size box of tissue? <laughs> Why do I not have that on my desk? I just should. Uh, pen so. tissue is just part of the course. Um, no, I I connect with your why a lot, and I'm pretty sure everybody listening is like at least seventy five percent of your why and our individual why overlaps like there's yeah just so much unity i think in in why we pull through so many difficult moments to continue to do what we're doing and for so many people this job can be simultaneously the most frustrating job on earth and the most fulfilling thing i've probably ever done yeah until i have children and then i'll call that my most fulfilling i mean endeavor. i've got three of them and i can tell you sometimes this is harder I've got three. Yeah. <laughs> Not teenagers though. So give me yeah. I'll just hold hold my beer there for a second. But yeah, there are days where I'm like, okay, it's not as hard as this is. Yeah, I can't wait. Maybe someday when I have kids, I'll be like, well, I've done this a thousand times. I've had to be really patient. As my mother always told me, I was a very impatient child, and I think I've like grown into a very somewhat patient adult. I wouldn't say very, but somewhat patient because I've had to deal with employees for so long and all their wants yeah. and needs. I think the last piece of this is like we talked about finding inspiration outside. We talked about celebrating the wins inside. There's a piece of this, too, that I want to talk about with like growth and development, because I feel like I mean, in, it's inspiring to feel like we're growing ourselves. But I think a lot of HR people feel trapped under the daily constraints of all the things they have to get done where they sometimes fall into the trap of, I don't feel like I'm growing. So have you ever been there where you're just like, I'm doing the same shit every day and I have not grown a second? I think I experience the, there's so much that I feel like I have to grow in. Like there is mm. this 
I don't know if other if other folks experience this, but I constantly feel like, oh, I don't know enough about workforce planning or I don't know enough about organizational design. I need to take a course about that. I need to t- educate myself on this. And it's this like, we don't have to be experts at everything to be effective as a generalist mm-hmm. in our in our leadership role. And that's why if we have a team, like you hire for where you are not as knowledgeable or not as experienced. So yeah. I think there's two versions of this. Either you feel like you're stuck in the daily grind and you can't like peek your head above your trench because <laughs> you're just digging or you're feeling inadequate or both. Uh, you said inadequate and that stirred something in my soul because mm. I feel that sometimes. I feel like I can never, I don't know enough about everything I don't know if it's just because I have such a high level of responsibility for this job that I then start to back to like what we said at the very beginning, we're super critical of ourselves. But this feeling of inadequacy, it's I think more so for me, it's brought up when it feels like everyone around me has an opinion on what I'm doing. And I'm like, wait a minute, all of you can have your opinions, but I'm actually the expert. Then I start to like ask myself, wait, am I actually the expert? Are are you? Am I? Am I being gaslit? I was like, am I being gaslit? I'm self-gaslighting. But I feel that sometimes because I think the idea that we're all going to be experts and perfect at everything in HR is intangible. That's like never going to happen. I don't even know if intangible is the right word. But like it's never going to happen because there's so much and this job changes rapidly at times. Remember like every state has like a different set of laws for what you have to do for employees at any given time. You're like, who's passing a pay transparency law now? Got to make sure I'm compliant in that state. And or you just say like, I'm going to eat the risk and not actually care about it. But a lot of HR teams are, we're governed by a lot and a lot changes. And with the introduction of AI, I think more and more technology is going to change. I think it's easy to feel like you're inadequate at this job. And what people outside of HR don't know is that HR is not one thing. There are several specialties and we are not going to be experts in everything. It's like expecting a doctor to know every specialty of medicine and be an expert in every specialty of medicine, be an OB, be a podiatrist, be an oncologist, be a fucking brain surgeon. No, that's not expected of them. And somehow it's expected of us. And also I feel like we expect that of ourselves. Like we have to be this all-knowing oracle of everything, people, talent, HR, compliance, strategic, everything. Town management, recruiting, all of it. Yes. Yes. And if that's the expectation that we set for ourselves when it comes to growth, then number one, asinine. Number two, like you said, it's never going to happen. So we're going to have it. We're never going to achieve it. And so I think that's like, that's a good place to maybe, I don't think end our discussion, but like, it's a good place to come back mm-hmm. to like, the episode was supposed to be about finding inspiration in this job. And what we've done <laughs> is just like expose every dark part of this job <laughs> honestly, of this episode. <laughs> but I feel like you have to know these things in order to actually find inspiration. So we talked about finding it outside. We talked about finding it inside. And we talked about why this job is so hard. I think if you listen to this episode and you hear all these things, or all these things relate to you, and you still want to do this job, then you are just still on the right path. Yes. Like, you're still there. And finding creativity and inspiration, you can find it in anything and everything, but it is it is all about you, what you are looking for and what you need out of this job. 
Whereas like I read and I lift weights when I'm really stressed, like everyone is going to do things differently. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think it takes a level of self-awareness, self-knowledge. Know your strong suits. Know where you are. You know, me, for example, compliance is not, which is hilarious because I'm construction adjacent. (laughs) Um, I hate compliance with a passion. Same. I'm really good strategically. That's where I, I'm a good big picture thinker, forward thinker. I can come up with plans. I That's where I shine. Now, if you have me managing, you know, updates on a handbook, I'm going to fuck it up from here to kingdom come. I think if we look to grow in the, the path of our strengths, it becomes much more achievable, palatable, dare I say, inspiring to kind of bring it back full circle Mm -hmm. because it's something that you're going to look forward to and you're going to feel like you're moving in a direction that isn't contrary to your being. Just know that there are going to be things within this industry that are just not well suited for you. And don't feel like you have to force yourself into this box of what an HR person is because again, like there is no one doctor or one nurse. Like there are specialists and it's okay for us to be specialists as well, even when we get to higher levels of leadership. I love that. I'm definitely like the creative, strategic, mm-hmm. well-being focused HR leader. I want to yeah. empower these employees. Like I, I care about their well-being so much. So I love that. Like think about who you are as an HR leader. Don't maybe that's like one thing we leave people with. That's what I was, I was going to end our episode with. Like, what's yeah. one goal or one ask you would give someone listening? to like bring inspiration back into the job and like really hit the ground running in 2024. Yeah, I would say that. Think about who you are as a human being, as an HR leader, and build a growth trajectory for yourself with that footing. Not trying to decrease your weakness, but to improve on your strengths and leverage your strengths. I love that. That's so good. I think my one thing, I keep saying this, but like, I just think people need to get more comfortable saying no. There's, if I could say no to everything that doesn't inspire me, I would probably be more fulfilled at work. I know that's not like reasonable sometimes, but I think a lot of times we say yes as HR people and when we should be saying no. So that would be my one thing for 2024, like embrace saying no. No. If you are able to, like I understand that's coming from a very privileged place for me that I have the power and the safety to say no in certain times in the workplace. And you might not have that, but I don't want the fear of saying no to hold you back from saying no, because no is a very beautiful thing. You can say no to breaking your boundaries. You can say no to treating employees a certain way. You can say no to projects and say no to initiatives. You can say no to leaders making bad decisions it's endless. Yes. And I think to add to that, start small. Don't feel like you're going to come in saying no to a yeah. whole initiative, but say no to maybe a meeting that's outside of your working hours. Because as you were saying that, I'm questioning myself, like, I can't say no. And then I thought, oh, wait, I just did that last night. I said no See? to an 8 p.m. meeting. Oh, hell no. <laughs> I mean, categorically, immediately, no. But that was an I easy am, no. And I, I think it's like a muscle, right? You practice yeah, yeah. saying no, Build and then you muscle. get comfortable saying no to bigger things. Yeah, well, they heard I love that. First. I love your one thing. 
I love your one thing. I'm going to be like, what kind of lead? Like, I, I do think often, like, what kind of HR leader am I? And so blending that with, like, who I am as a person, I feel incredibly blessed, I think, that I get to do something career-wise that I'm also passionate about personally. I'm passionate about, like, growth and development and fulfillment yeah. in life. And I get to bring that to the workplace. And I know a lot of people don't. But I would just tell people exactly what you said. Like, stop and ask yourself, like, why do I do this and who am I and what kind of leader do I want to be? That in itself is inspirational. I'm inspired after this episode. Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to go take on the world. <laughs> uh, then, then that concludes our therapy session for today. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. I am available. <laughs> from the from the black turtleneck therapy crew, we're both wearing black turtlenecks and laughing about that. We or were actually, it's just kind of gray, but here we are. Mine is like job. a charcoal. Maybe it's a little bit one's a dark. Mine's a dark black. Yeah, here we go. From the we look we look like a little, a little bit Elizabeth Holmes, you know. Elizabeth Anyways, Holmes is a little yeah. Not not inspirational, not inspirational. That's a topic for another day. That's another day. <laughs> When well, Delulu anyways, is on the agenda. <laughs> Honestly, Delulu is my favorite standing. I'm like anything. I, I'm one of those people. Somebody asked me. This is so funny. We'll end the episode with this. And I think maybe people will love this. But somebody asked me recently, like, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? And I said, I, with a high level of delusion, I literally think I can do anything. I've watched 14 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. And I'm like, I could do brain surgery. Sure. <laughs> and the person looked at me like, this woman is actually Delulu. I'm like, I'm not going to go do brain surgery to be right. very clear. But I have watched 14 seasons and I could tell you quite a bit about it. <laughs> I mean, maybe if I were to wander into a noir, you never know. <laughs> well, I also live like walking distance from the White House. And sometimes I'll walk down to the White House and be like, I could be president. Sure. <laughs> that, that's, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Well, like you just, I mean, having that level of like, I can achieve it and I can do anything is like yeah. really fun and really scary. And honestly, in moments where I'm like deeply uninspired, I remember that I think I can do anything. And that just like feeds me to go figure the thing out. So high level of Delulu for everyone. That feels actionable. <laughs> I know, right? Everyone go, go be more <laughs> delusional. Um, Laura, thank you for joining us today. Now, how can people get in touch with you? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I guess that's the easiest place to reach me. I'm Laura Garcia Caro. And yeah, DM me. I love it. Okay. Thank you so much. And this concludes our first episode of the season. I hope your 2024. So I know, right? I hope your 2024 is amazing. Um, and stay on the lookout for more episodes if I hate it here. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Keep up with all the latest HR resources by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And if you love I Hate It Here, tell an HR friend. I'll see you next time.